Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Fans, welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your friend Abraham, joined alongside of Chris Trevino. We're going to talk all things USC football, of course. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. If you want to call or text us, we got a couple of voicemails today. You can uh, leave us a voicemail, try to keep it brief, or send us a text at 424-254-9141. You can also Follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any of the podcasting apps. Leave us a five-star review. We do appreciate that very much. Uh, wherever you get the pod, your podcast, you can download, you can subscribe, and tell your friends about the Peristyle Podcast. It's a great time. It's the off-season. It's like, hey, my friend loves USC football. Let them know about the Peristyle Podcast. We've been doing this since 2008, if you can believe that. Sitting in this chair, or a chair like it, and uh, talking about the USC Trojans. And it's been fun uh, the last several months with Chris Trevino, and we've been doing these live, somewhat live, or recorded to YouTube. So we're simulcasting on YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Inside Troy, if you want to see us over there. So we have some little graphics and things that we can add uh, to the show, which has been kind of fun. And uh, it's been fun to talk with you, Chris. Uh, I know you were in Vegas this weekend. We're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. But welcome in. And how you doing, man? Pretty good. Uh, still a little tired yeah. from the heat out in there in Vegas. You know, it's like 106 every day. But had a good time. I feel like we haven't done a podcast in a while. Feels like we've missed a couple weeks. We yeah, I think we did. Uh, I ended up doing like some solo stuff. Last you went solo. Week. You went solo. You had to take a break from the group. You got to do your own thing. You had your solo album to promote, so yeah. you just wanted to take a little bit of break. But we're back. We're back. Yeah, because last week, so I got to talk with. I uh, hope you guys got to see the interview I did with Darnell Bing, the former USC safety, and there was a you know kind of tie-in because. We weren't sure if Jordan Addison was going to number three because it's retired with Carson Palmer. So I got to ask Darnell Bing about that a little bit. And then talking to Mike Bone, uh, that was fun too. We're going to get into some of that stuff. So I had an interview with him and did a podcast. Um, so it was kind of crazy. We both had some weird travel schedules last week. Uh, you went to Vegas. We're going to talk about that. USC had an elite camp over the weekend. There was official visitors. So we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. But we have, Chris, some... Um, some breaking news. Uh, I'm going to get to our sponsor in a second, but we got to talk about this first. I'm going to put up the picture up here. USC got a commitment. The first offensive line commit for the Trojans, uh, for Lincoln Riley, the, first, the class of 2023, Tobias Raymond, uh, three-star offensive tackle. Tell us a little about uh, Tobias. Uh, USC's, you know, people are talking about where's the beef, where's the beef. USC's got an offensive tackle committed now. Yeah. 
not a ton of beef right now because he's six foot seven, two hundred fifty pounds. Two hundred fifty pounds, yeah, there's some, but you know, I know, I know these USC fans love a a three hundred pound, three hundred twenty pound offensive lineman, but that's not how they make them on the West Coast. Me and Gerard have talked about this multiple times on the composite two star recruits. West Coast offensive linemen, they need development. You know, they need to put on some weight when they get in the college, get in the strength program. They don't make them like they do out in the SEC that come ready as freshmen at like 300, 320 pounds. So classic West Coast offensive lineman, six foot seven, like I said, 250, great frame, plays with a nasty streak. If you watch his film, play left tackle out there in Ventura High School, go watch the film. He's putting guys in the dirt. And, you know, that's something you want to see. You want to see a guy finishing blocks, putting defenders in the dirt. He's, he's pancaking a bunch of dudes. So, you know, I don't know about the competition level out there, but... He's got a great frame, and it's all about uh, development with offensive linemen. So bring him in, get him under Josh Henson. Benny Wiley's probably drooling over that frame. Put some, uh, put about forty pounds, fifty pounds on him, and see what they could turn him into. He's obviously a project. You have to work with him a couple seasons to get him, you know, up to weight, up to strength. But really nice pickup for what should be, you know, a really big twenty twenty three offensive line class for USC. They need bodies. They need top end bodies. They need talented bodies. But you also need guys like this. You know, it's kind of the three-star prospects you can work with and develop uh, down the line. But really good pickup coming off that official visit this past weekend. One of four guys on campus. So a nice little start to the June recruiting frenzy that that we have coming up. It is a little bit of a June recruiting frenzy. We're going to talk about some of that stuff for the official visitors that were on campus. I was on campus a couple of times this weekend, actually, and uh, for the elite camp. And then I kind of stopped by at a friend. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but there is always a lot of talk about where's the beef, where's the beef. And if you look at USC's offensive line, I think the criticism for 2023 or 2022, um, a lot of it is unwarranted because you do have a lot of veteran guys coming back, like the Andrew Voorhees of the world, the Brett Nelons. I mean, there's there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of starts. You bring in a couple transfers. Um, I think feel like line's going to be pretty good. But there could be a big drop-off after the 2022 season. So you need this 2023 class to be... Uh, really good as far as offensive linemen go. Um, I like I like that USC hasn't been great at like developing just players over the last several years. So if they come in as a six seven two hundred fifty pound, I think do you have more confidence that like a Josh Henson can can take a guy, uh, you know, like like Raymond and put you know put weight on him, get him into the strength program, and a year or two down the road, he's someone that could be like, wow, this guy's. Six seven, you know, two, you know, three twenty five, and just like crushing people. I mean, I I feel like there's a little more confidence in the staff that's around now that can do something like that. I wouldn't say a little more confidence. I feel like there's <laughs> a lot more confidence. You're putting it nicely, Ryan. But yeah, I feel like there's a complete one eighty in terms of you know the feelings toward player development under uh, Clay Helton to what player development is going to be under you know Josh Henson and all these new coaches and Lincoln Riley in the in the strength program. So. You know, they have a track record of developing guys and Henson has a really good track record of specifically with taking like under recruited guys, three star guys and, and developing them into to high end draft picks. I mean, he had a first round draft pick last year. There's a Texas A&M offensive lineman this year that's always being projected for a first round uh, status. Uh, these early mocks, obviously, that could change. But, you know, that's a good sign that, you know, Henson was doing something right when he was working with these guys out there in Aggieland. So. I think if you know Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson look at the Tobias Raymond kid and they they like him, I think uh, a lot of fans have to be on board with that. You know, if this was a Clay Helton commit, there'd be a lot of moaning. Uh, yeah. uh, it's all about context and situations, but you know, 
this three star that Lincoln Riley wants is the greatest three star you ever see. So I think a lot of fans <laughs> are excited about him. And you know, finally got an offensive lineman. Got to start building this class. You need some some blue chip offensive linemen, and they're still involved right. with several of those. So obviously, this is this isn't going to be the headliner of your offensive line class, but this is these are the kind of the uh, foundational blocks you need for an O line class. You need guys like this to bring in and spend time with them and develop. And you can also you know get by with taking guys like this with the transfer portal now. You can bring in a guy sure. who can start over them and give them more time with them. So it's it's a it's a, it's a good start. So we're gonna. I know you guys have a, a, a you know composite two star recruiting podcast coming up again this week. Those have been very popular. So I hope you guys can check them out with uh, Chris Trevino and uh, Gerard Martinez. Hurricane Martinez. Hurricane. Yes. Yeah. I we're gonna that. do a full breakdown on Tobias and Vegas and Elite Camp. So we're gonna touch on that stuff here, but we'll do a full more in depth breakdown uh, tomorrow on the podcast. So if you want to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Go go check that out. Uh, that'll be a Wednesday. Probably go up on Thursday, or you put it up Wednesday. Um, but we're doing a podcast a little earlier this week. We're doing it on a Tuesday. Uh, but we're going to talk some more recruiting because there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on. Before we do, I do want to thank uh, our sponsor, uh, Trader Joe's. They've been great to us over the years. And Chris, are you a taco fan? Like, I assume you like tacos, right? I mean, I'm going to report that to HR later because I am Mexican, <laughs> but I do like a taco. So, yes. So if you go to TraderJoe's.com, which I like to do, especially before I go shopping, I'm going to uh, Catalina later this week. So I got to stop into Trader Joe's, pick up some snacks. First thing up at the top, they got a video, three different kind of tacos, uh, different recipes. You can go to the website and check it out. Pork belly tacos. I love me some pork belly, like when anything. Uh, d- tacos different ways. If you're not a meat eater, they got the sweet potato tacos. Um, you know, those those look really good too. And uh, there's a, a beef, and I think it's a birria. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure. Uh, it's a you tender, slow-cooked beef. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Uh, so queso birria tacos so looks cool little little cheese uh little uh beef I, i've got those tacos are good i've had those at different like taco stands and stuff um but man so like three different kind of taco recipes up on uh traderjoes.com right now if you want to go um check it out so i you know, i love tacos. i mean how do you not like tacos like tacos I, are just great i feel like if you live in socal you like have to <laughs> like tacos i don't think i've ever met anyone that lives in socal that's like not about the taco lifestyle. No, um, I might. Maybe I'll do some fish tacos too. So you took me to get fish tacos a couple of weeks ago for yeah, lunch. Those were right good. Up here, yeah, uh, those were good. Did you? I I also gave you some uh, some bluefin tuna. I don't know if we want to make tacos out of the bluefin tuna. That's more of like a sashimi thing. But did you get to try that yet? I haven't yet because okay. I don't want to blow it. I don't want to like do it haphazardly and just like mess it up. I need a prep for it. Okay, so it has to be perfect. So all right. Might, might might do the grill one this weekend. Nice. Uh, I made uh, some poke with uh, with it this week. Pretty good. Um, yeah, I know. So I'm going to fishing again, but we'll try to get some halibut and stuff this time. So that's more of a cooking one than like the bluefin, man. I just like eating that raw is great. Uh, okay, so we got more recruiting stuff uh, we have to talk about. Yeah, what is this? The the two star podcast? You're 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 on our turf, right? I'm like I'm I'm infringing <laughs> on in your territory. Uh, so USC picks up a commitment. Um, over the weekend, USC hosted, uh, we believe four official visitors. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, Tobias Raymond coming in, but there was also, uh, Taka Curtis. Um, here's a, I've got a picture if you're watching on YouTube picture. I like, I like all the uniform pictures. Like you got the bands on the helmet, the Coliseum, like 
This is kind of a newer development in recruiting. I kind of like this stuff. The USC drip, if you will. Is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah. The drip. Um, you want to give, give kind of like a brief overview of, of what you thought of USC's uh, official visit weekend there, Chris? Yeah. So four visitors, which is, you know, the the calm before kind of the storm of this weekend's ma- major, major uh, official visitor weekend. You had Tacky Curtis, who was the big one, you know, the the top 100 uh, linebacker out of Maney, Louisiana, which is which is what I would consider you know one of USC's top targets overall in this class because of the need at linebacker. You know the need at linebacker has diminished somewhat just because you were able to get Eric Gentry and then Carson Tabarucci in the transfer portal. Those are two young guys, so you can build around those, but they still need an upgrade of of talent at that linebacker position. So. That's a big one for them. You know, athlete Kate Eldridge, he was out there on his official visit, the three-star uh, athlete at, out of Washington. Uh, he is being recruited as a, a tight end for this group, and tight end should be a, a big part of this uh, this class as well. And, you know, from what I heard, everyone's visit went pretty well. I mean, we got visit updates on the board right now. There's also a three-star uh, Central Valley Defensive lineman Grant Bucky. He is a Stanford legacy. He also took his official visit. We have updates from Cade, Tackett, and uh, Buckney, uh, Bucky all, all on uscfootball.com. So you can check out those stories. They're VIP stories. And then obviously, Raymond go ahead, went ahead and uh, went ahead and committed to USC 24 hours after he left his visit. So yeah. that's a great sign of, you know, that USC did what they needed to do. I heard, you know, rave reviews. Uh, for Tackett Curtis and his his visit, Graham Bucky, you know, people think he's a Stanford lean just because his dad went there. So whenever there's a Stanford legacy, they usually end up at Stanford. That's sort of how it goes. But, you know, that one's going to be tough. But he's been to USC multiple times, had a really good visit, have to see what's going on with them. And then Kate Eldridge, who has crystal balls in already for, for USC going to that visit, you know, he was a guy we thought could end up committing. So we'll, we'll 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 kind of see what happens there. Maybe it takes a week. Maybe it takes you know end of the month, whatever. But that was a guy that was getting on campus, and that was kind of like my favorite. To if you were going to pick a commitment this weekend, ah, I think Cade would have been him. Not saying it's not him or it can't be him in a couple of days, but the crystal balls were in on him. Had a really good visit, and then uh, Raymond was actually supposed to visit at the end of the month, but they bumped it up to now. So you know when we get a t- chance to talk to him, we'll kind of. Uh, ask him about that that decision to move it up. But, you know, just four guys on campus, a lot more intimate than what this weekend is going to be when close yeah. to double-digit guy or at least 20 guys, multiple five-stars. It's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy compared to this week when it was much more chill, got a lot more one-on-one time with coaches, and a little, just a little bit slower of a process. But from what I heard, you know, USC handled their business with a lot of guys, especially Tackett Curtis and sort of, you know, making them feel – like they should be Trojans. Yeah. And uh, I was, so like I mentioned, I was down on campus a couple of times. So mm-hmm. one of my best friends from college, uh, he's visiting from uh, Austin, Texas, brought his two sons that are 11 and 13. His oldest son's named Tommy for Tommy Trojan. He's a big USC guy. And uh, so he came and visited on Friday with the boys and uh, I brought him to campus. And thanks, you know, shout out to, to, to Katie Ryan, who uh, was around on Friday afternoon and said, hey, I'll give you guys a tour. She took them through the John McKay Center, which is closed to the public, you know, showed them the Heisman's and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of stuff through, you know, the facilities of John McKay, they're, they're all 
big golfers, like show them the golf simulators and all that kind of stuff. And we happened to bump into Mike Bone and uh, Lincoln Riley in the lobby there so and lincoln riley's like you know, nice, nice as could be ask the boys hey can i get you want a picture so they were all smiles they're big usc fans so getting a picture with lincoln riley was kind of a he's, a he's cool. already thinking ahead to the 20 2040 class or yeah. whatever he's <laughs> well, 13 so it was like i guess there would be like 2035 or yeah something i didn't like know how old they are uh, whatever <laughs> yeah uh maybe not even that that late yeah so but that that was cool but so campus in general was sort of dead they went to the bookstore and like checked out some stuff not a whole lot going on right now, but there was, you could see the kind of buzz around Heritage Hall and John McKay Center. They had like the, you know, guys in carts and everything sort of getting ready because it was Friday afternoon. So the visitors were coming a little bit later on uh, that weekend. I think you had reported that they were going to do a Friday night dinner at Lincoln Riley's house uh, in PV. Uh, so some cool stuff there. Then I was back on Saturday because USC held an elite camp uh, in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things where there wasn't like a ton of guys. There was, you know, maybe I think there was like eight or nine quarterbacks. I watched them, um, you know, quite a bit. Uh, you know, the, the 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 highlight of the, you know, Dylan Williams, USC's uh, linebacker commit from Poly, Long Beach Poly. Uh, he was there, so we got to kind of watch him a little bit. Gerard had an interview uh, with him following the, the camp. And, you know, he just really wanted to go through linebacker drills with uh, Brian Odom and stuff. But you know, just another opportunity. And it was, you know, you could kind of mix sort of like the official visit stuff with this camp going on. Now this weekend's going to be crazier because like you mentioned, there's going to be a whole bunch of guys visiting. So I thought it was kind of a, a, a cool mix. It's going to be busy. I mean, the coaches are doing stuff like these camps. There's going to be later on this month, there'll be a bunch of camps like back in a row. And then early July, they can kind of take some time off. I actually had run into uh, USC defensive coordinator Alex Grinch uh, at the bookstore. Actually, when I went to go meet my friend uh, Kurtz, I don't know what he was doing there, but you know, there were all the coaches were out there. We got to see him at the camp. You know, you know, Sean Nua, everybody. We just saw them kind of going through drills and and doing stuff. So coaches are still engaged. Campus looked it looked very football-y, Chris. Like they're engaged. And then I think the beginning of July they'll be able to take some some time off, take a little break, and then uh, come back in and, and get ready for fall camp. Yeah, I mean, summer workouts have started. You know, we saw those those uh, those stills that have been dropping. I know a lot yeah. of the P love to to study those, and I'm sure we'll see some videos soon. Some videos soon, maybe. So you know, football's still going on. It is, and it's going to be a uh, crazy recruiting month. I didn't I didn't pull it up, so I'm sorry for our YouTube uh, viewers. I, I won't be able to show you, but I did. Got to see Solo. Got to uh, Solomon Tuila Pupu was there, looking pretty pretty yoked uh as you would say um so i got a, a photo of him and put it up on the p people call back Good people call. love it people love solo oh my gosh they love him you if you if you if you were not holding stock of solo before you know spring good luck you're priced out <laughs> you're not gonna be able to get any you know I know the stock market's down like twenty percent, but the solo stock the is solo like, stock is yeah is gold he right was now. with um uh, Tuli, Tuli Pelotu. And you couldn't it, tell which one was which? I, not that I couldn't tell which one, but it wasn't like you said, wow, that one guy's way bigger than the other guy. Right. Like he's You're just, like, those are both large people. They're large men. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that Solo can kind of hang uh, there, but it, it was neat, you know, just kind of running into the different people and stuff. Uh, but you were also, you weren't there this weekend. So Gerard makes me do recruiting stuff because you're not around. Uh, we got Shotgun flying in later this month. So he's going to help out with these, with these camps and stuff. But you were in Las Vegas 
for what was it called? The uh, overtime? overtime OT7 inaugural Vegas Invitational. I don't know. It yeah. was just basically the OT7 tournament. Is OT7 passing tournament. Passing tournament in Vegas. Bunch of USC dudes. Bunch of thirty minutes off the strip. So it was actually Vegas. It wasn't like Henderson or something okay, like way nice. out there. So yeah, you know it's hot in Vegas. It, it is. Um, it does get hot. And it was actually really hot this past weekend because I know the desert. Like if you were to go to Palm Springs or whatever, I'd gone the previous weekend. I don't know, like just before that, and there was like oh, it's getting really hot this weekend. So all the desert stuff this past weekend was going to be hot. Right when you were there, good timing, Chris. Great timing. But, you know, a lot of teams from around the country, multiple Florida teams. There's a team from the DMV. Oh. Always got to mention the DMV. Led by former Maryland great Tory Smith, two-time Super Bowl winner. So people might not know what the DMV is. You want to let them know? Like, just Uh, because it's not. Is this a bit? No. (laughs) DMV being. I feel like not everyone knows what the DMV is. I mentioned it so much time. (laughs) DC, Maryland, Virginia. That's the acronym for that little tri- Area. Are you from Virginia? Is that right? Okay. Or let's uh, West Virginia. Let's uh, okay. let's cut that out. <laughs> let's cut that out. And you know, multiple top prospects. Uh, USC twenty twenty three five star commit Malachi Nelson. He was leading a team from South Florida called South Florida Express. They ended up winning the entire tournament over Cam Newton's team. So you know, Malachi had a really good showing. Uh, Makai Lemon, the other five star commit, he was part of that South Florida team. Five-star wide receiver target Brandon Innes. He was on that South Florida team, and uh, Nelson was peppering him with lots of targets. He made a lot of great catches. But there was prospects all over the field. You know, there were prospects at Fast Houston. Uh, USC's 2025 commit, Jet White, the athlete cornerback, he was playing for Fast Houston. So you had kids, you know, from California playing with teams from Florida and teams from Texas and teams from North Carolina, just all over the place. And a lot of a lot of top prospects. You know, I got to talk to the number one overall player in next year's class, uh, Desmond Ricks, a cornerback out of uh, Florida by way of Virginia. By the way, uh, USC offered him a couple weeks ago. Got to talk Virginia, to him. where you're from, right? Yeah, West, West Virginia. Virginia. West okay. Virginia. Perfect. West Virginia. Um, so just a lot of running around trying to find people. You know, these are kids that you know, these aren't California kids that I was getting mostly. So these kids aren't ones that I, I see all the time. So it's like. Got to figure out who's that. Talk to coaches. Hey, coach, did this person show up? So, and we're doing it in the heat. It was nice that they did the pool play stuff at the uh, at the in pool? the evening. Oh. No, in the evening. <laughs> so it went from like six to ten. Okay. So it, it was real late. Then I also got to go out to Bishop Gorman. I know you've been there. I got to talk to Zachariah yeah. Branch. That interview, USC fans are going to love to read. You know, he's like the recruiter in this 2023 class. And it's taking his official visit this weekend. Mm. So I got to talk to him about, like, I did a trip preview. So that's going to be up later this week. Make sure you check it out. You're going to want to uh, check that one out. A lot of great uh, quotes from him in there and his recruiting plans for this weekend. So just bouncing around all over Vegas. Got got a bunch of interviews I'm going to put up over the next, like, week or so. And, yeah, didn't get sunburn. Wore my hat. Nice. Uh, really well-run event, you know. They had multiple TVs. They were streaming it live. They had MCs. They had like live, uh, like play calling streaming up there. Multiple fields. They had these giant structures. Uh, they had like a media tent. Apparently, like uh, Jeff Bezos is like a, uh, uh, what is it? Like a sponsor. Spo- like a like an investor in this company. So it's like 
they have Amazon yeah, got, money. So that's why whoa. it was so like uh they gave me a gift bag. This, this was uh this swag? was like the, the, I yeah, swag. I got swag. This is like the most high end uh passing tournament I ever covered. Uh one time I got hit in the face at a passing tournament. This one I got a <laughs> gift bag. So just the extremes of uh of the uh the spectrum of, of passing tournaments. And I heard you did okay at the tables too. Yeah, if you want me to mention that, I did win some money. <laughs> it is Vegas. Uh, just a little more context that my buddy was at a work trip last, a couple months ago in Vegas, and he still had some chips left over. So he's like, I want you to take these chips. I want you to go to roulette table. I want you to bet it all on black. Okay. So he gave me, it was $275 in chips, and it was at the Mirage. So I had to go to Mirage, scuttled over there, found a, it was like at 9 a.m. in the morning. I just went, put it on. Rolled it. Boom. It's my first time playing over the tables. Very nerve-wracking. I usually just stick to the slots. I want no human interaction, <laughs> but I had to have human interaction here. So I just played it. Boom. It hit on black two. So I was like, all right. Double it up. It's like, let's go. And I told him we won, and he was like, do it again. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to do this. But it's his money, so it's like, all right. So 550, I went back, played it on black again. I couldn't watch. Rolled it, hit on black twenty two this time. Oh, that's so my I was number. like, yeah. yeah. So it was like, so one so eleven hundred dollars, and he was like, I think we should do it again. I was like, no, don't do it again. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do it again. So he was like, all right, all right, I won't make you do it again. So he gave me a hundred dollars to like go and gamble with later, and then he gave me two hundred dollars. He was like, go have dinner, whatever you want, do it. So that was nice. Wow. So then later, I was at Caesars. And I took that $100 and I made it into $400. I did the same thing. I took $100, went to the roulette table, bet on black, hit on black 17. And then I I was like $200. All right. I doubled it. Let's walk away. Yeah. Then I was thinking about it. Ryan, uh-huh. for the first time, the lesson I learned was twos were hot. Yeah. Twos were hot. So I had to go back. I was like, I got to do it again. I got to do it again. Twos are hot, baby. So I went. Played 200 on black, same table, and I couldn't watch. Rolled it, hit on black eight, eight being my lucky number. So nice. I was like, all right, $400. And I and I just ran out of there. He's like, I'm done. So it all I won. You crushed it. 60, $1,600. I took, yeah. Yeah. So you got free dinner, crushing it. That's very cool. By the way, you could take the chips anywhere. Like if you have Mirage chips really? and you're at Bellagio, just give it to them and they'll like swap them out for really? you. Really? Yeah. I don't care. Well, but yeah, it's good. It worked for you. I'm I'm terrified when uh, USC goes to the Pac-12 championship this year, and you got the bug. I gotta I gotta go with you, and we're gonna. I'll show you crafts. (laughs) I'll show you fun stuff. Oh no, I'm not ready. I'm gonna lose so much money. (laughs) That's all right. You're gonna lose so much money. You're not gonna care about. I'm gonna lose so much money, and it's gonna it's gonna be terrible. Just have a good time, you know. But I'm glad you had fun. Like that that was great. Plus, you know, you win. You get most stressed out I've ever been in my life. Really? (laughs) What's saying something? Because you get pretty stressed. All I want to do is roulette. So easy. I just have. I don't have to worry about slots. I don't know how to play slots. I don't know understand. I I don't get slots anymore either because it's like it used to just be like a bar. You know, three thing. You know, three reels and in one line. Now there's like a zillion lines. You could play. I'm like, I don't know. And they're all like themed and like I don't know what this. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Like I don't understand this. I don't. I don't want to do this. But if we go to Vegas for the Pac-12 championship, we will. I want to play blackjack. 
Oh yeah, we'll do that. That's that's easy. We can do that. No problem. Yeah, I play blackjack craps mostly. I like playing poker too, but it's not very social when you're in Vegas. So, uh, all right, we have a lot of Vegas talk, but uh, you guys have more on everything you saw out there. Uh, I think we can move on to recruiting. We did have some big uh, kind of breaking news last week when we learned, and I got to talk about this on the show a little bit. Um, but uh, Brandon Sosna, the USC chief of staff. Uh, is leaving. He's going to take a front office job with the Detroit Lions. So we mentioned this already. Um, I talked about it. I got to talk with uh, Mike Bone about um, that. Uh, you know, he was the architect of the Lincoln Riley hire and, and everything. But wanted to kind of get your thoughts um, on Brandon. I mean, it's he's uh, going to be sticking around, you know, for another couple of weeks and then uh, and moving on. But uh, you know. Definitely wish him the best. I talked about this on the show. I did a, a video reaction, actually. Came in on the office for that, too. But uh, I never got to get your thoughts on it. So any thoughts on uh, Brandon leaving? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that Brandon Sosna obviously did a lot for USC and this program. And I would consider it a short amount of time. But you always knew that sort of the NFL was you know, the big goal for him. And, you know, that's kind of where he started out, you know, doing work in that front office. And Detroit made a run at him, I believe, uh, last year. And USC was able to hold on to him. They yeah. tried it. They they made another run. Offer couldn't turn down. USC tried to keep him. But, again, you know, NFL always felt like one of the end, go the end goal for him in terms of getting to that level. So, you know, happy for him and, you know, making it to that level. You know, a lot of guys don't get there. And, and it always felt like he wasn't ready to leave until, you know, he set out what he wanted to do at USC, which was like turn it around. And, you know, he gave them the greatest gift, the parting gift that he could give, which is, you know, landing a uh, national coach like Lincoln Riley. You yep. know, that's that was his last. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? His last. Uh, I mean, it's basically his mic drop, right? I mean, sure. His, his last contribution to his the mic cause, bone drop. Whatever it was. <laughs> is Mike bone drop. So, you know, he's leaving, but he's not leaving the, the covered bear. Obviously it's not like he left in the middle of last season, you know, when, you know, after Helton was fired, he, right. he, 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 he gave them Lincoln Riley, helped bring Lincoln Riley. Is Lincoln Riley here without Brandon Sosna? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. So, you know, I know the P has been very, you know, thankful. I know they've been, uh, you know, giving a lot of praise for him on the, on his flowers uh, on, on the board. A lot of them are are, are, are worried he's going to take Lincoln Riley back in a couple years when he takes him to the NFL or something like the that. Lions, I, I thought he would stick around for at least one season of, of USC and Lincoln Riley ball, but, you know, offer was too good for Detroit. You know, I think he's going to, he's a, he's a, I think he's a USC legend at this point. I think it's safe yeah. to say. I mean, it depends how Lincoln Riley does, but just sure. they definitely needed, I mean, you needed a shot in the arm. You needed something. And this was, you know, hiring like a Matt Campbell would have been great. You know, this is like above, beyond any sort of the wildest expectations of USC fans. So fans are happy again, at least most of them. We still have a few dissenters on the P. Um, you know, maybe getting a few more offensive line commits will help with some of those guys. But yeah, uh, and it was funny. So I just happened to have, uh, an interview scheduled with Mike Bone the day that the news broke. And I was texting with, you know, USC Sports Information, like, can he still talk? Because I know it's a weird day. Um, but he was great. He came on and, and we got to talk about it. I mean, he had some really nice things to say about Brandon. I put up a story on that. You can check out the video at uscfootball.com. But, um, you know, and Mike's just a very positive guy overall. And so it was great to kind of chat, chat with him. 
Um, no real like breaking sort of news. Like I think the the last time Chris we had him on like one on one, I think he broke the news that uh, USC wasn't going to play UC Davis. So I had him on the podcast with uh, Keeley back then. Uh, I mean, this was kind of I guess the exclusive thing was he was. You know, the first time he ever mentioned Brandon Sosna leaving for the Detroit Lions and just, you know, wish him all the best. It was very happy for him, but sad for USC. We'll see what happens as far as, um, you know, finding a replacement and all that. Um, but, you know, I tried to ask Mike Bone about the, uh, the football-only facilities. He talked about kind of all the facilities, more of a general thing. So it doesn't seem like if they have something planned as far as football-only facilities go, they're ready to talk about it. Uh, at least he didn't with me. Um, but you know, overall just kind of assessing, check out the interview. He is assessing like the first six months of Lincoln Riley, you know, talking about that, you know, that was the big one, right. But there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and I feel like they sort of built that infrastructure leading up to the Lincoln Riley hire after firing Clay Helton and kind of putting, you know, pieces in place behind the scenes. So when you did hire a big name and you got Lincoln Riley, then it looked promising yeah and there, there's a lot more you know it's like kind of the foundation around him was more solid so but he you know admitted there's still a lot more work to do uh you know brandon's not going to be a part of that obviously but you know hopefully they can get someone in that's that's going to help that's the big thing like you mentioned though like you you did the hard the hard part the big part is is really over but it doesn't mean the work is done you just put someone that's really good at their job in the right place where usc hasn't had someone like that for quite a while and they kind of build from there. But I don't know if you got to see the interview, if anything you wanted else to mention about that one with, with Mike Bum. But make sure you go check it out uh, on the site or on our YouTube channel. No, you did a great job as always in your interview. One-on-one. Uh, so so charismatic, Ryan. How do you do it? <laughs> you know, Teach could, charisma classes, why don't teach you? Teach charisma classes. That. Well, he, he was great. Very yeah. positive. Um, it was good to see. You know, it just... You know, it's nice that he does stuff like that. Uh, you know, we he knows we reach a lot of people, and it's good. You know, he's he's always thankful. Thank you for the job that you do. And, um, you know, he's he's always great with the media with that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll see. And then also um, Lincoln Riley did a one-on-one with uh, Dennis Dodd, uh, part of our CBS family. So we, like a little Lincoln Riley interview. He came uh, last week, and uh, Dennis actually – messaged me and uh i didn't get to see him when he was out here he was only out there for a couple of days but they brought you know it was a big thing they brought like a cameraman and everything so they brought his own like kind of production it looked like it was on the balcony of his office or something. yeah i think so uh so getting to sit down you know one-on-one with lincoln riley i think some of the same sort of themes that we you know had heard from before uh i know you put up a, a story on it and we had the video up on cbs and everything but any any kind of anything stand out to, to you from uh from what he was talking about I mean, it was kind of so, like you said, it was sort of kind of similar to things we'd already heard from from him in terms of, you know, using the tr- using the transfer portal to, you know, obviously the big one that made headlines was his comments on, you know, the SEC question, like, were you dodging the the SEC and what whatnot? So it was kind of a, a standard overall uh interview things we've heard before but it was nice to get that you know that exclusive sit down with lincoln uh for cbs so part of the i part of the i team the i team yeah but it was it was nice so yeah if you've been checking out the site we've had a lot of stuff you know exclusive stuff with lincoln riley with mike bone um so hopefully you guys are checking out uscfootball.com for a buck a month you can uh you can join and uh subscribe and it's only going to get crazier you know we got so much recruiting stuff coming up 
uh, just just from this past weekend, but this next weekend is going to be absolutely insane. Whole bunch of camps, and then leading into July, we're going to start you know all the summer workouts, and we'll be getting ready for fall camp. So tons of stuff there. Why don't we take a quick break, and we'll come back and answer some questions. We've got a bunch of questions to get to, so back in a minute. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back here on the Parastyle Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, there really wasn't any kind of break. You just got to see us uh, sort of like doing our little thing for a few seconds. Uh, welcome back on we, the podcast. We live in a glass bubble in this. We have yeah. no privacy in, in, over the course of this hour or so, whatever. Chris They're loves always it. watching. Chris loves it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this one like kind of uh, earlier on the morning because we you know, on, on a Tuesday. So we didn't do this one live, live on YouTube. So, But we'll try to do those going forward where we can kind of take your questions. Like while we're, uh, while we're broadcasting, people would post comments in our YouTube channel and then uh, we would put them up on the screen. It's actually kind of fun. I think people like to see their name up there on the, the screen and stuff. I like doing that kind of stuff too. But uh, this week it's just kind of recorded. So uh, sorry about that. But why don't we get to a voicemail question, Chris? Uh, this one came in uh, last week. I want to play it for you. Hi, this is for uh, the main event, the big show of the week, the show on the parasail that uh, carries the whole network, the uh, Chris and Ryan show. Uh, quick question. I've been seeing a lot of pictures on Instagram of the summer workouts. And then we also seen the, the pictures of uh, the spring workouts. Uh, I have a little concerned uh, a few concerns, actually. Um, the, the guys look too yoked right now, like like extremely too yoked. I'm worried that on away games, the bus might break down. Uh, I don't think the axles on the bus will be able to support all the yokeness on there. So I'm wondering if uh, Coach Lincoln Riley has come up with a contingency plan, maybe just um, – some forklifts for some of the bigger guys like Solo and Voorhees just to make sure that they can get to the stadium. All right. Thank you. This is uh, Eddie Foreman. Bye. 
Eddie's concerned. Ed, Eddie had me going there for a second. I was like, first they're mad they're not big enough. Now they're mad they're too big enough. But I love a good bit, and that was great. You know, I think the ultimate intimidation thing you could do is just show up like in tanks. That'll that'll mm. hand, handle the the increased yokeness of the team. And I don't think you're gonna have a problem, you know, rolling up in tanks. It's gonna take a lot of tanks. I think tanks can only hold like five people or something. So you're gonna need like, I don't know, twenty tanks. No, I'm bad at math. You're gonna need a you're gonna need a buttload of tanks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, tanks don't hold that many people. I don't think. There's like so, a crew of like four or five in there. So, but they're all working. So if well, how many people are like a hundred tanks? No, no, I'm not even gonna no, try. No, hundred tanks. Fifty tanks. No, you're, if you're, let's say we put like four or five, you could do like 20, 25 tanks. You'd probably be okay. So I was right. Yeah. 20 tanks. I'm, I'm good. I think you're, you're good with 20 okay. tanks. Plus there's going to be some Why guys Why didn't you say aren't... anything? You laugh. <laughs> you just, you just let, you let me, you let on. me say a hundred tanks. What's your problem, man? 500 tanks. Will that have enough people? Yes. Perfect. The number one like rule of improv is make your partner look good. You're really like, <laughs> you just like, let me say dumb things. <laughs> It's more fun. It's, the audience likes that better. Sure. 100 tanks. 100 Order them up. <laughs> well, if you do one, you know, one. All right, stop. One just just All right. Uh, thanks, Eddie. Uh, we got Frank in Sacramento wrote in, and he said, Ryan, I liked your interview with USC Athletic Director Mike Bone, but I was disappointed, however, when he dodged your question on a dedicated football facility. Later in the interview, he dodged your question on starting up a women's softball team. Do you think he's working on both of these important issues behind the scenes like he was with the Lincoln Riley hire and wants to drop a bombshell when he does both, or is he pretty much a politician? Wow. Frank in Sacramento. Uh, I mentioned this a little earlier. I don't think he was dodging it. I think it's just more about, they didn't really have much to say right now about that. Um, I don't think he's trying to make, I don't think there's some like huge plan that's already in place. They're going to just drop it on you. Like at some point, uh, I think it's still a work in progress. I think that that would be my guess as far as football facility. I'll get your thoughts on that, Chris, but also on the softball team, I'd mentioned this on the interview. I've asked every athletic director USC's had <laughs> about that because people ask me all the time, and I feel bad. But um, you know, they I, I think they're really focused. He was talking about focusing on the twenty-one teams that they have now, upgrading the facilities they have now with baseball, and you know, they're adding a new um, lacrosse and soccer stadium thing that they're really excited about. Uh, so, I mean, I think they're kind of focusing on that. It's expensive to add, to add another sport where, I mean, the, the, the trend was, at least for a while, like they were going to, there was contraction in sports, you know, like Stanford cut some teams. That was like a thing, you know, early on in the pandemic where they were cutting some of the stuff. I agree. I mean, I think there's a lot of fans. Softball's becoming really popular. It's a hotbed. Uh, you know, ideally, USC would have a women's softball team. But I, I, everyone I've talked to in the past, I didn't get a lot of out of Mike Bone on this one, but just. It seems like financially, it just it adds strain to an already strained, you know, athletic department. So we'll see. I don't think he was dodging it. Just I, I don't I mean I don't think that there's a an easy path to uh, to create a women's softball team. But any thoughts on either of those, Chris? All I'll say is in in sort of in sort of like in an interview, I don't think you want to when you have power like that, like as an athletic director, I don't think you kind of want to say too much that gets you like. Locked in, like he, it's like you don't want to promise too much. You know, you don't want to say, right. "Yeah, we're gonna get a softball program." Yeah, let's do it or something like that. You don't want to like get too excited and say something like that. 
Um, and just, just you don't want to overcommit is what I would say. So I think it's just being, you know, cautious and not, not saying too much as opposed to saying, you know, say, say less than say, say yeah. more. So, and they're changing. I mean, the rules are changing. I mean, there are sports that don't have a lot of scholarships, just like men's baseball. There's, you know, proposals out there where, uh, there would be more baseball scholarships There, you know, there's, you know, issues with title nine. There's a lot of stuff kind of going on. So I don't know if it's the time to sort of make a big change like that. You, you have to kind of wait, maybe see what the, you know, the dust settles, maybe the new TV contract, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it might not be the best time. I don't think he's, I don't think anyone would be opposed to adding a team. I think you could have a, a nationally relevant softball team like right away. Um, but I think there's just a lot of hurdles to kind of get through there. So that, that was my take on it. Uh, what about the football facility? Any thoughts there? I think the big thing is like, where would it go? Yeah, there's a lot of that, I think. I think you need to figure out where it would go first before you can even like think about committing to it and sort of, you know, get all the zoning. Me and Gerard were actually talking about this at the first camp, thinking about like, where would it, would it go? I don't know what the name of those buildings are to the, to the right of the field. If you're like looking out, looking at the baseball stadium, there's like those, uh, those old dorms or whatever. Okay. Than that other uh, classroom building, I said, knock it all down and put it right there. Yeah, potentially. So just finding the space is sort of like the first thing that you have to do, especially obviously in L.A. where space is uh, very, very tight. So. Yeah, space is a premium around the campus and stuff. So, I mean, just building that USC village, or they, I mean, that was like city blocks of just like leveling everything. It's like crazy. I, uh, and I think one will come. I think a football yeah. facility will come. No, I think it will. I just don't think they're they're there yet or they yeah. could announce plans, like you said. So, I mean, I I don't have any doubt they're going to do something. It's just, you know, it's like they're planning it out. So they're not ready to like, oh, here's what we're doing, you know, talk about. Uh, we got another voicemail for you. Hey, Ryan, it's Curtis. I uh, saw the interview with Mike Bone about uh, everything and uh, Sosna. Losing him is a is a big blow. That guy is very very good at what he does. He uh, we're going to have to replace him. So, do you think uh, the athletic director is going to go outside and get the best or hire from within? I think he's going to get the best. We had the money to back it up, so. Another school may hate us if they find out we we uh, hired their uh, assistant director if he's real good. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Hey Curtis, thanks for that one. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're going to go outside and hire somebody. Um, that would be my guess. Uh, they didn't. I mean, Mike Bo didn't bring a lot of people over from Cincinnati. It was kind of like the the two of those guys were sort you know like attached at the hip and. They were gonna kind of, you know, go forward. Now I know, like Brandon got close to some of the the people that were there in the building already, and you know, I I'm, I think Brandon will, you know, give some kind of recommendation, and you know, he might recommend somebody that's already there. Uh, I'm not really sure, um, but my guess would be you're gonna bring in, you know, someone from the outside. If maybe not that exact role, but bringing in someone else from the outside to kind of fill one of those roles, they might split it, you know. That could have been a role that was just unique for Brandon. I'm not really sure. But I, I think you're going to see 
someone with some experience outside of USC kind of coming into the athletic department in some capacity. But any any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would just say I would just looking at the two options, I would probably go hire the best if that's inside or outside. That's what you want to do. Always hire the best. And I think that's something you've harped on multiple times when mm. USC was going through a, a coaching search. So I would hire the best and go for youth. Go for youth. Yeah, it worked out with Brandon. You know, I don't mind the youth. Uh, yeah, hire people that go to their jobs. You know, what is that so hard? Just don't avoid that. If you're gonna go to like, you need like heart surgery. Do you want to get a? Do you want to get Craigslist a surgeon? Do you want like a great surgeon, or do you want someone that was like a painter, <laughs> like projects to be a good heart surgeon? Like, get the good heart surgeon. Just pick, get someone that's really good at their job. So, why is that so hard? I don't know, but at least USC is doing that now. Uh, they weren't for quite a while. So that's that's what I would harp on. We got an email from Keith. He says, first, I know you guys have touched on this topic a bunch, but why are we struggling to land linemen on both sides of the ball? Last year's abysmal season hasn't prevented us from securing top talent at the skills position, but the same can't be said for the trenches. I'm a believer in our staff, all of whom have great track records. So I'm confused as to what's going on. Uh, you know what? We can address that one first. They did pick up a new commitment, right? I mean, like... Here's some beef. Boom. Committed. Project. I, I, I just think it, it's there's the one disadvantage that Lincoln has right now is that they haven't played a season at USC. So it's like you have to sell what you're going to do on the field. You, you, you don't have like last season to go off of. Right. And kids like to see like – Football games, you know, they like to see something. They like. To, I know you have you you have Oklahoma, or what did Oklahoma? But this is USC, and until they see it up close in the Coliseum or on ESPN or wherever, I think that's sort of the thing they'll have to to compete against. They don't have, you know, they can't sell. Hey, we won, we won nine games last year. We were in the Pac-12 championship. They can't really talk about. It. It's it's right. all about what they're going to do, and so that's a little bit harder to sell. You know, to an eighteen-year-old kid. But USC does have the advantage of being USC. You have, you have the weather. You have Southern California. You have a beautiful campus. You have this 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 program history and legacy, and you know it's just getting their foot in door. They're still, you know, recruiting. They're still, you know, getting to know these recruits in this new environment, this new this new place. I know USC fans want already four top top one hundred offensive linemen committed, but. Offensive linemen that take a little more time, especially when you're going after higher end guys like right. Francis Maoyoga, the number one offensive tackle in the country. He's not gonna he's not gonna commit in the spring, at the start of spring. No, no that's gonna take time. You're going after Lucas Simmons, a top one hundred, fast rising, uh, big six foot seven, three hundred pound tackle from Florida. Again, everyone wants him. He's gonna take his process, take his time with this one. So you know, if you're going after the big fish, these these high end blue chip prospects, it takes more time. You can't. It, they're not just going to commit right away on their first visit of the first uh, spring practice. You know, these guys take time. Blue chips take time. It's a process with these higher end guys. They're going to get offensive linemen. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So I think it just needs to be a little bit slower. Obviously, skill guys and quarterbacks super easy to recruit at USC and with for this offense. Just need a little more time with the trench guys. Yeah. And uh, like guys like Cooper Lovelace, I mean, he has three years to play. So like that's sort of like, you know, kind of like clo close to a high school recruit. Um, 
they, they're going to bring in some beef, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. But this is like the first, I think, of of several you're going to see kind of going forward. Um, he also wanted to know about the football facilities. We already talked about that, Keith, but thank you for the question. We got a couple more, and uh, we'll wrap this one up. This is uh, Aztec Wrestling on the P wrote in. He said, I love the podcast. Thank you. Oh, sweet. That's, that's great. We love that. Uh, been a USC fan since I was born. So that's a long time. My grandpa played at Glendale High School and USC with John Wayne. That's pretty cool. Oh. So his question is, has anyone done the star ratings of the teams in the Pac-12? I wonder, talent star-wise, where we match up with the rest of the conference now that we have our transfers on board. Thanks, Aztec Wrestling LP. And he says, I'm attaching a picture just for fun. So let me put that picture up so you can see. Um, so Richard Ryan, he's circled there. That's his uh, grandfather. And then... Marion Morrison, who is also known as John Wayne, uh, on the same team. So that's kind of cool. Thanks for that photo. Kind of cool. I don't know if you can. I'll have to show it to you later. Chris. I don't have my, I don't I don't have my glasses on, so everything's yeah. a blur. I don't even know where you are. I yeah, I'm I'm pretty much right in front of you. Okay, but, uh, that's cool. So his grandfather Glenda High School, and then USC with John Wayne. So uh, thanks for that. Um, we do do so. Twenty four seven Sports does do a talent composite index that will rate your entire roster where the way it's constructed. So if you bring in a recruiting class, that's ranked like number five of the country, but then half of the guys transfer out, you know, they're not on your roster anymore. So every August, I believe it comes out the talent composite and that's sort of like rates who has the most talent uh, in the PAC 12 and USC was for years, top three or four, and always the top team in the Pac-12. I think they dropped behind Oregon recently in the last one. That makes um, sense. That makes sense. It might be close. I think with all the transfers in, um, USC is probably going to still have the most talent in the conference is what I'm going to guess. But that's sort of like the – that's what you can kind of use to to measure, but they only do that in August. So you kind of look at the, the beginning roster heading into camp. And if you want sort of – like short term right now, like USC obviously has the number one Pac-12 class in the country in terms of all overall. They also have the highest star rating of any. If you take the average of all their their commits, it's at a ninety point ninety, which is the oh. only team in the Pac-12 uh, per star average that is over ninety. The, the second is uh, Oregon at uh, eighty nine point five two, and then Arizona, who had a really good class, is a uh, 86.86 so obviously USC head and shoulders above everyone else in Crushing. terms of in terms of you know that their average star they're they're bringing in or star prospect they're bringing in so really good for for this for this uh for the cycle 2022 nice um all right let's see we've got one last one uh this is okay this is from let me see i don't know if it's signed it says this is, it was titled, Chris and his love affair of the word like. Uh, so he said, I counted Chris saying like 21 times in the span of a minute, 34 seconds of a recent episode. Time for Chris to graduate from two-star podcast host to a five-star. Chris, before you, let's respond. Um, here's the deal. People out there, uh, I do a podcast called The Podcast of Champions. We do Pac-12 with David Woods. I'm more, I more. I have a master's in electrical engineering. I was more of a technical, not much of a writer person growing up. I've kind of learned that, learned the journalism skills. My co-host David Woods is more of a. 
he had more of a, um, you know, kind of a literary background, a lot of history, a lot of writing, uh, very good with grammar and, and all of that. Um, you know, he'll use words that I don't know on the podcast all the time. Um, more of a liberal arts sort of education as opposed to I had more of like a technical education. He can be the grammar police as good as anybody. And we get complaints a lot uh, about that kind of same sort of thing. And his stance, I love his stance on this, that the English language, I mean, you're meant to speak it. You know, they're supposed to be conversational. How does it sound? When you're talking, there are going to be little bridge words used from time to time. Yeah, it can be a crutch and it can be overused. Like is one. You could say, but, some, uh. When you're trying to convey a point and Chris and I are talking, if I'm ch if I'm chatting with Chris and I pause, it's going to be awkward and he might want to step in where if I'm not done, then I would be like, so Chris, and so the word so or the word but, to keep sort of my train and conversation going. And then when it ends, Chris will know, okay, there's no more words. Now it's kind of my time to go in there. It's one of those things where, sorry, you don't like that. Um, but that, if you listen to anybody in conversation, that's the way it goes. I mean, that's that's what happens. If you try to take out every little word like that and clean it up, and some people do. Some people like produce their podcast to the nth degree, and you're doing that, it doesn't sound natural. It doesn't sound like the way that you talk. This is more of a, a conversation, like a radio interview. It's not uh, a written word where you know we're we're writing. 800 words on a certain topic. We're talking. We're talking in a fairly casual environment about college football and the topics and things come to our mind and we discuss them and that's the way it is. So I, I don't think if you're going to say, hey, try to not ever say the word like again, you're, you're not going to sound natural. We all have different words. We have different ways of conveying our thoughts and that's just sort of the way it is. Yeah, we could all probably do a little bit better, but for anyone that wants to harp on something like that, just uh, I would say pump the brakes a little, like Gerard likes to say. Any any thoughts, Chris? <laughs> I think my only response would be to say like 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 that's even faster than a minute 34. Yeah, so that was probably at least 22 in there. So you can count that up, whoever you are, um, and let me know how I did, uh, like, next week. Let like, me know how it went. Uh, would you, off the top of your head, would you know, like, is there a, a word, a bridge word? Do I say so, but uh, anything that you would think of? For you? Yeah. Off the top of my head, I, also, I don't feel like you have one. I don't think like one specific one. I think I say a lot you of mix stuff. Them, you mix them up. I could say like, you could say but, you say uh. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have guessed like like for you, like 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 like. I don't. I mean, sometimes you just get. I into say yeah a lot. I try yeah. to. I feel. I feel like I say yeah, especially on the composite. I say, yeah, a lot. So I try to, I've been more subconscious of not starting my sentences with, yeah, after Gerard speaks for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's hard. I, I mean, and the dynamic changes too, if it's more of a back and forth, if it's a, you know, for Gerard, and I've done plenty of podcasts with him, this would happen with Dan Weber and stuff too, where 
you sort of get the ball rolling and then they go. And then sometimes it's about, here's a topic we're talking about. And then they switch it to another topic and they come back to that topic. And then you're kind of keep straight in your mind, like, well, now which thing am I going to respond to? I can I respond to three of the topics that he brought up during that soliloquy or whatever. It's a, uh, yeah. I mean, but like I said, it's just conversational. Um, I just did, um, you know, that's, it just, it happens when you're trying to, we need like an alarm when you're thinking or a mean, shock collar. No, but you don't need to get rid of it. I mean, it can be, there are times and we, we interview people and they might say, you know what I'm saying? Like 14 times. And like, you know, that gets to be, you know, it can be a little much. Right. Um, that's just sort of the way. I'm going to get flamed in these comments. Are you? Know, in, on YouTube, yes. I'm I'm defending you. I know. I'm, defending. I'm just saying, I'm just going to, I just know I'm going to get. I'm, I'm the one having the flamed. conversation with you. I don't remember you saying like, and there might, there could be a time where maybe you don't know exactly what you're saying. You were looking up something while you're talking. Like this happens all the time. We're like I do that checking this stuff and you're gonna be like well like like and you you might say a few of those words because you're trying to you're sort of delaying your response as you are like gathering information we don't have like some producer handing us sheets or everything like we're basically doing this on the fly especially when you're on video now you have to like you, you can see us when we're doing these things too so and just um, the the last comment graduate from a two-star podcast to a five-star podcast no the two-star podcast is the bit the bit is we're one star host. That's the bit. <laughs> and if that's over your head, I don't know what to tell you. Nice. That's the. We actually, when we were covering the first elite camp, someone, we were doing a live thread and someone was like, looks like a couple of, because uh, I was talking about the check in and someone wrote that looks like some composite two star recruits checked in, referring to me and Gerard. And someone got really upset in the, in the comments, like, how dare you talk about those kids like they're one star recruits? And I was like, it's the bit. I mean, look around. <laughs> Read the room. It's a joke about me and Gerard. We don't take ourselves too seriously, obviously. Yeah. And people hate that. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. All right. Well, that was a good show. Let's, uh, we kept it tight. About an hour. Um, we can wrap it up here. Any final thoughts, Chris? We still got to do our bake-off. Oh, yeah. yeah. We should try to do that for July. Okay. You know, like obviously July Fourth is coming up. It's what did a we, pie season. What did we, we decide? We decided we both make the same. Okay. Pie. Pie. Like we we're gonna. I don't. I don't think we. We. I don't think we agreed on the pie. Okay. We're probably just gonna make an apple pie or something. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of pies, so that'd be fine. I mean, apple pie'd be good. Uh, I love apple pie or pumpkin or banberry. I don't even know what that is. It's banana sure. and strawberry. A banberry. Okay. Banberry. I like uh, creamy ones. Like if it would be like some kind of pudding or like a banana cream. I should just do a poll. I'll just do five random pies and then I'll just put the poll on Twitter and like yeah. what pie or do it for the P, whatever. What should we vote? Some form of large group of USC fans will vote on what pie we Yes. Make. Love it. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, we're back in studio, and it's a lot of fun to talk to you all. Uh, Chris Trevino and Ryan Abraham, we love, we just love talking to you guys. We love talking about USC Jordan football, recruiting, and all that stuff. You can see everything we do over at uscfootball.com, but on our Peristyle podcast feed, on our YouTube channel, over on our Facebook page, all that stuff. You can, you can see everything we do there. So for Chris, 
I am Ryan. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.